Hi, this is The Greatest Story Ever Played. I'm Dan, and today I'm going to be sharing my thoughts on Twin Mirror. A description for this game is, Sam Higgs was done with Basswood, Virginia, but it seems it wasn't done with him. When the former investigative journalist returns to his hometown to say a final farewell to his best friend, it soon becomes clear that there are more chapters to be written in his troubled history. Forced to confront his past, Sam finds himself torn between reconnecting with loved ones and using his unique intellectual abilities to uncover the town's dark secrets. But how do you know who to trust when you're not sure you can even trust yourself? All right, and then uh, moving on to production. This was developed by Don't Nod, who we of course know for Life is Strange, Life is Strange 2, Tell Me Why, Vampire, uh, among some other games. Um... So, that's who this is. Also, noteworthy about Twin Mirror, is this is the first game that was both developed and published by Don't Nod. So, that's a move Don't Nod has made recently, where they've been making games, but someone else publishes them. More recently, they've gotten into publishing games as well. So, just a kind of breakdown of some of their games. So, Life is Strange and Life is Strange 2 were both published by Square Enix. Um but developed by Don't Nod. You've got Tell Me Why, which was developed by Don't Nod, but um, published by Xbox Studios. You've got Vampire, and then uh, upcoming game, uh, The Banishers, Banishers Ghost of New Eden. Uh, those were both published by Focus Home. And then lastly, uh, there's another upcoming game called Harmony, The Fall of uh, uh, Revere. Um, which is going to be published by Don't Nod. So just to kind of give a, a, an idea of what's going on in the studio and what they've done. All right, from here, I wanted to move into some non-spoiler thoughts uh, just to give you an idea of maybe what I thought about the game without giving any, like, story points away. And so uh, what we got is one thing uh, that I liked a bit in this game was the adult themes in them. So, you know, there's there's job loss. There's a lot of talk of that throughout this game. Um, the town that this is set in is a former mining town, and there are some issues around that. Um, so there's a lot of job loss-related stuff, poverty, things like that. Um, also, um, failed relationships. I thought that was interesting. I think that's interesting kind of always, uh, and you see that in these games where, you know, like Max and Chloe having issues in Life is Strange or, you know, anything like that. That That's kind of normal um, topic, I would say, at Don't Nod, but I thought that was cool in this one, um, having, like, um, exes or, uh, this is a mild spoiler, but um, that Sam was estranged from his best friend's daughter and they were close before Sam had moved. You know, things like that. So, um, I thought those were cool. I, I, I liked, um, I don't know, getting older, so to speak, or some of that. I thought that was cool. Um, gotta shout out the West Virginian, uh, reputation. It seems like they handled that well. Uh, the only thing I can pull off from that is, uh, in, on the refrigerator in one of the parts in the game, someone said there are pepper, pepperoni rolls in the fridge. I have a friend from West Virginia and he loves pepperoni rolls and talks about them and, when I saw this, I was like, hey, this game accurately did your state. And he was like, yep, that's spot on. Um, so <laughs> I thought that was cool. 
Um, I'd say overall about this game, um, before we get any deeper on it, is I didn't love the game. Uh, I didn't, like, hate it. I didn't think it was, like, a bad game. But it also didn't, like, I don't know, wow me or anything like that. It didn't make me be like, I've got to tell my friends to play this or, you know, Don't Nod's doing great. Instead, um, honestly, this game has me asking a bit after I played it is, was Life is Strange a fluke for Don't Nod or not? Um, And kind of the other big question is, who is Don't Nod going to be? Um, we've kind of seen them with this one, I think being the developer and the publisher, I'm sure that there are a lot of good things about that as a studio. If you were both, um, both things, I assume that means you're making money all over the game, um, as opposed to, uh, losing a cut to like Square Enix for the Life is Strange series or whatever. Um, but it, it has me uncertain. I'm, I'm just not sure. I guess going back through uh, Don't Nod's games, so played Life is Strange and Life is Strange 2, of course, and like both of them, Life is Strange 1, of course, being uh, really beloved by me, Life is Strange 2 being a solid game um, that maybe hurt from, I don't know, different things uh, for me. Maybe expectations, maybe the long release time, things like that. Um, there. I uh, I don't have an Xbox, so I haven't played Tell Me Why. Um what I do know about it is it seems like people like it, and it's a little bit shorter. Uh, it was like three chapters, as opposed to like five episodes, like each Life is Strange game was. Um, Tell Me Why was released as a standalone, um, but I think it does have three chapters and was initially going to be episodic, but they changed their mind, I guess, for reference. Um, you've got uh, Vampire, which is a totally different game. Instead, this is an RPG. <laughs> Vampire is an RPG. Um they did that with Focus Home. Uh, I feel like that Banishers game will probably be more like Vampire than anything else. Um, I would have to guess that the Vampire team is who's making Banishers, and that the Life is Strange teams probably made Life is Strange, Life is Strange 2, Tell Me Why, and Twin Mirror, since th- those all follow kind of your, um, you know, decision tree and all of decisions and all of that stuff. So, um, and being more um, interactive. Not interactive novel, because it's still a game, but, you know, more interactive more Telltale-like, so to speak. Um, and then uh, the Harmony uh, game that's upcoming, I don't know a lot about that, um, other than its name, I think. I don't know what style game it is. But um, I'm, I'm very curious, I, I guess, all of this to say is, who is Don't Nod? Are they... What are they good at? What are they not? Um, I guess I didn't say this. Vampire came out. I, we played that. Uh, I like that game, and I look positively on it. Um, when I first played it, uh, it was, I think, the first year in our podcast, and I was not as good at games as I am now. Not that I'm great now, but I'm uh, definitely better than I was, like, five years ago. Um, <laughs> um, and so, I don't know. I think that's a good game, and part of me is wondering, I feel like after Twin Mirror, is should they just stay going in the RPG direction, or... Other types of stuff. I don't. I don't know. I'm. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm just not sure. So, um, 
anyway, those those are a couple of my thoughts, sort of about the game uh, and about kind of the state of all of this. I think that's a big thing that's really brought up is for me is this. So um, with that, I'm going to hop into our recap. So um, it's going to be spoilers from here on. Uh, if you don't want spoilers, uh, hop off here. All right. So, um, game begins with Sam returning to Basswood for the funeral of his best friend, Nick. Um, and before Sam gets there, he stops at this park that overlooks the city. He's looking down uh, at it, kind of reminiscing. And he enters what's called the Mind Palace, um, which is this sort of state Sam goes in where he goes, um, I don't know, investigative mode, I guess, trying to like piece together things. Um, and when you go down this trip down memory lane, um, it kind of looks like the memory main memory lane moment from Life is Strange, if anyone's played that, where you see some key moments and, uh, kind of fill in some of Sam's backstory this way. So, um, one thing that happens in this is Sam proposes to his, to Anna, but she says no. Um... And then from here, you talk to your double while you're in the Mind Palace who gives you advice. Um, your double is basically a guy who looks like you, except um, he almost he has glasses. He almost looks like the nerd version of you. Or like you if you were uh, like um, a student teacher for psychology or something. <laughs> That's kind of how I see him. Um, but your double gives you advice. Um, what's weird here and not really revealed is who this is. Um, if this is like your conscience talking to you, um, if it's something supernatural, you know, whatever it is. Um, that's kind of your start. From here, once you uh, leave, leave uh, the park, you head to the bar. Um, you'd miss the funeral, but you arrive at uh, the bar in town for a memorial service for Nick. Um, outside of the bar, kind of on your way in, you talk to Bug, who's Nick's daughter, and she thinks that Nick's death is suspicious um, and not just a car accident, and she asks you to investigate. Can you kind of look around, ask some questions? I'm not buying what happened. Um, for me, I agreed to say, yeah, sure, I guess I'll ask some questions. Um... Inside the bar, you talk with uh, a couple different people. You talk with Walter, who is your old boss from the paper. Uh, he's seemingly a pretty nice guy. I, I liked him. It didn't feel like there was bad blood for Sam having uh, quit his job and left town. Um, there are also some angry miners. Um, you don't get this fully unveiled yet, but um, they're mad at you. Um, there are some issues at the mine that you related to, so they're pissed at you. You also talk with Sheriff Declan, who is the town sheriff. Um, you also talk with Dennis, who's this guy who's an asshole who used to work at who worked at the paper when you did, and then also Anna. Um, you find out in this early frame too. Anna, of course, is who you'd propose to, kind of in this memory lane sequence where she said no. Um, since then, she started dating Nick, um, and so has been close with him after you left. Um, Anna, uh, performs a song for Nick, um, kind of at his funeral, um, and then after this, Sam gets drunk, <laughs> um, and that's kind of your night at the memorial. 
The next morning, you wake up hungover uh, without a shirt, and you kind of wander into your hotel bathroom, and you find your shirt there just covered in blood, and you're like, oh shit, what happened? So again, you go into the Mind Palace to try to um, calm down and also kind of figure out what happened. Um, so one thing that also seems like when you talk to your double is, is this maybe like a, a coping me mechanism sort of thing of a like, all right, I'm feeling really anxious. How do I ground myself in reality? That, that's sort of what that seems like to me overall. Um, but it's sort of, um, visualized this way, I guess. Um, so to start your journey of figuring out what happened, you sneak into the bar. Um, to try to piece together what's gone on. Um, again, you use this mind palace um, to solve what happened at this fight. Who who was involved in the fight? What part of the bar did the take the fight take in take place in? Kind of what was the deal? Um, ultimately, through uh, this puzzle mechanic here, you figure out that you got in a fight with Dennis, uh, your former coworker. From here, you head off to go find Dennis. All right, I got in a fight. I need to say sorry. I need to make sure he's okay. All of that. Um, and so you wander around uh, the street, um, like downtown street, going into a couple different places, looking for Dennis um, and kind of asking people what's up. Um, so who you kind of see on the way, you talk to Sheriff Declan outside. Um, you stop by the pharmacy. And you talk with Kathy, who is Bug's mom. Um, and you also talk to Hugh, the pharmacist. Bug's outside. You talk to Bug a little bit. You also go to a coffee shop and talk to a couple people there. So um, what this effectively does is it gets you kind of looking around, getting to meet people, seeing a little bit more of the town. Um, and also showing that people have uh, varying reactions to you, I guess. So like how the miners don't like you, you're not necessarily welcomed by everyone who sees you. Or some people have lived there, uh, since before you left and they're like, oh, you're back. There are other people who are new. It, it kind of sets the stage for all that sort of stuff. Finally, in your searching, um, you, you call Anna, you talk with her and you meet up at the coffee shop. Uh, here you get one of your notable decisions or are you going to tell Anna, about what's going on. I involved her in it. I'm, I thought that ha by having her involved, um, I don't know, she's also a reporter, so she might be able to help. Um, also, like, she, I think, cares about you, even though you're not together, and care about Nick, who you both uh, do or did care about. And so, I don't know, she felt like a safe and right person to be open with. Um... So from here, uh, you and Anna head to the newspaper offices, and while you're in there, you find Dennis's dead body. Uh, again, going to the Mind Palace and kind of puzzling your way through this, you discover that Dennis got shot with his own gun, um, and that it was by someone he trusted uh, that there wasn't resistance. So it wasn't, you know, they struggled for Dennis's gun and it happened to go off. Instead, Dennis was in there. Someone came and talked to him, and Dennis was like, oh, yeah, you can check my gun out, and then that person shot Dennis with the gun. So um, pretty notable kind of findings here. 
Uh, also, when you look around the office, uh, you find out that Nick had a secret informant named D, who he was seeing. Um, you also go and see Walter's desk. While you're there, you find the police report. Um, and there are things that don't add up on the report, um, such as that Nick wasn't wearing a seatbelt. One thing that uh, Sam knows and Bug had said earlier was they say he wasn't wearing a seatbelt, but Nick was like a, a hyper, like you always wear your seatbelt kind of person. Um, and reading the police report, Sam read a couple details and he's like, this is not adding up right. Like, um, am I to believe that Nick, uh, you know, fell asleep at the wheel, not wearing a seatbelt, blah, 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 kind of thing, or this, like it's, it's not adding up with the person I knew sort of situation. Um, when, um, you are at the newspaper office, you end up calling Anna. She, I think was outside elsewhere. Um, and she comes, she sees the dead body and you decide ultimately to have her call the police anonymously after you get out of there. So you don't want to leave your name, but you also didn't want to look like you're like hiding the body. So that's where kind of we decided to go. From here, Sam and Anna head to uh, the scene of Nick's accident. While they're there, um, you use the Mind Palace again to reconstruct the events. All right, how did this car crash, car crash take place? Um, what you ultimately find, kind of using this mechanic, is that Nick was unconscious when his car crashed, uh, when his car, like, crashed, and that the car was set on fire. There wasn't anything in the road. So it wasn't, you know, he swerved out of the road, out of the way of an animal or something like that, that he wasn't drunk, that, um, you know, that sort of stuff, to kind of land how the crash happened, where the skid marks are or aren't, you know, all of that stuff. Um, right after you kind of solve this puzzle, Anna gets a call from her dad saying that her house got broken into. So you and Anna head back to uh, her house to see what's up. Um, when you get there, her dad is there, and he's concerned, um, and is worried. What, what is my daughter getting into? Will she be safe? All of that. And I affirmed him and was like, I've got you. I'll keep her safe. It's all right. And he decides to trust me with me kind of voicing confidence in protecting Anna. When you, um, get inside the house, Anna's house is a wreck. Things have been like, porn all, you know, torn about, thrown about, tra trashed, all of that stuff. Um, and you help her clean up and kind of console her. Um, upstairs, uh, you, you kind of make your way first downstairs, helping clean up, that sort of stuff, and then you go upstairs. When you're upstairs, you end up finding um, Nick's laptop sitting there, and there's a USB stick in it downloading stuff. And when you are like, wait, what? Um, then you get punched in the back of the head from behind, and you're knocked out. Um, you wake up and you talk with Anna and you're like, it's not, if this information is sensitive and Nick's trying to be careful with it, Nick isn't going to not have a backup. Like that's who Nick is. Um, and it's probably at a secret spot and you realize 
uh, kind of thinking about where that could be, is that there's a family fishing hut. And so Nick probably has set up some backup info there. Um, so you head there. You get ready to head that way. Um, the police arrive, so Anna stalls with the police, uh, talking about her break-in, and you sneak out the back door and head off towards the fishing hut. You arrive at the fishing hut, and Bug is there. Um, you find out that Bug was planning to run away. Uh, Bug doesn't like her mom, Kathy, and is uh, really disappointed her, basically, that you're not a provider, you're not a real parent, you know, any of that stuff. And so feeling like my dad's gone, my mom is not not a real parent, uh, there's nothing keeping me here, so I'm going to run away and um, try to run to my grandparents' house. I think that's, um, I don't know, a few hours away, something like that. Um, and I end up talking with her and I persuade her to go home and tell her mom what's up. You know, like, you need to be honest with her, share with you how you feel, um, but also you can't run away, basically. Um, after Bug leaves, uh, I look around, you look around uh, the fishing hut, you find money, you find drugs, you find out the name of the informant, uh, a guy named Dickie. You also find out that he lives at a place called The Pier, and that Anna had written an article about it and can take you there. So uh, The Pier is this um, kind of homeless community of sorts. People from Basswood who've been on hard times, they kind of set up shop at this place called The Pier. So it's not a like real location that you would go, um, but it's sort of this hidden, hidden-ish community. So you head to the pier. Um, when you get to the community, um, you find out more about them. That this is a tight-knit group of people. They're also people that are down on their luck, and they don't trust outsiders. So Nick and Anna having trust there because of their article, like they are different. Um, they've set themselves apart because they showed that they care, that they're invested in their, ex their experience. But you showing up as Sam, um, they don't know you, and so they don't like you. They're like, what's this guy after? Why is he here? Sort of feel. But Anna has some credit with them. So, uh, you are at the community and you're kind of looking around, snooping, trying to figure out where Dickie is. Um, ultimately you discover that... His uh, camper is not one that's sort of in the main area where you are. It's kind of up a hill uh, where you'd have to kind of go off a bit to get there. Um, and to get there, you're going to need a distraction of some sort because there are a couple different residents of the pier who uh, will stop you or will try to fight you if they feel like you're snooping around going to places you shouldn't. So, for your distraction, you, uh, I think, again, do the Mind Palace to sort of figure out what to do. Ultimately, what you have to do is there's this um, life-sized bear that one of the people in the community carved that's pretty cool. And you basically douse it in gasoline and set it on fire so that everyone will be distracted to run over there and you'll be able to run off to go find Dickie. Uh, within this, too, you need to, like, sabotage different ways they might help. So like, okay, I need to um, make sure that the hose doesn't work right away so that they can't just put the fire out right away. So it's um, it's pretty brutal. And I will say, for me, I hated 
both this puzzle and what you did. Like the this person who um, carved this bear, like their life is very hard and you just like destroyed something they created. I hated that. I did not like that at all. I feel like for Sam, like nothing's um, excusable. You can't excuse this. Even if you do, you know, do figure out who killed Nick and all that stuff. I'm like, it doesn't, it doesn't sit well with me. I really didn't like that. Um, I, I guess also kind of along the way, like Sam, um, Sam's persona, I would say, or what he's like as a person can sort of seem like, um, I think on one hand, he's just been like super depressed and out of it. So he's kind of withdrawn as a person, but when he wasn't depressed, he was still, I think, kind of a, like, um, an asshole or a bit of like the truth, no matter what. And so almost that attitude of like, well, if I have to ruin every relationship I have to find the truth, then I will do that. Like that, that's kind of what he's like. Um, I didn't like this. I didn't, yeah, I didn't like that. Um, I would have really preferred if you could have like had Anna go do it and maybe you would have got less information, but I would have way rather had that happen and have consequences later than, um, to destroy someone's stuff like that. I didn't like that at all. And especially someone who didn't deserve it. Like this person seems nice and they're down on their luck. It's not like, um, I don't know, doing something bad to a known bad person. Um, it, this felt like just kicking someone while they're down. So I really didn't like that. That really didn't sit well with me. Um, you do make your distraction though. You go find Dickie and Dickie tells you that Sheriff Declan has been running drugs and that Dickie dropped off uh, the USB um, of Nick's stuff over at the Overlook outside of town where you were at the beginning of the game. Um, that that's where it is. He dropped it off for the sheriff, um, and things will all be good after that. So from here, you and Anna get in the car and head off towards, uh, the Overlook. And again, you go into the Mind Palace. This time it's a maze. Um, to me, this reminded me of, uh, the awful maze, uh, in Life is Strange at the end of the game. Really annoying. Uh, did not like this. Um, it felt very much like they didn't learn from past mistakes in this moment. And they were like, Hey, remember a bad part in one of our good games? Let's do that again. Uh, so that was a bit of a bummer. Um, after on the opposite side of this, after this sequence, you do an another longer memory lane sequence, which I'll say on the opposite end, cool part of life is strange to me. Um, so, uh, just like in Life is Strange, where you get all those moments, like I described at the beginning, you get that again here. Um, and the three moments that you kind of have cycling for you is you go back and it's Nick's conversation with Bug saying, I'm leaving. Um, she's a kid, so of course she's like, what did I do? Why is this, why is this happening? Um, you also have the same conversation with Nick, your best friend, saying, hey, I'm outie. And then lastly, uh, ending things with Anna. Um, in this, you discover that basically before when you'd like tried to propose to her, you were kind of in a spot where our relationship isn't working and you were kind of like, Hail Mary, what if we got engaged? Then we'd be all right. And you kind of see, no, things are over and we should call them over 
kind of thing. But um, I liked these parts. This this sequence to me, um, the good part of it, um, um, was probably my favorite thing in this game. I thought that that was cool, and I liked revisiting these moments because uh, these would be big. These three would totally stick with Sam. Um, my impression is Sam has been sort of in a depressed fog a lot of the time since he's left, like just kind of existing. Um, and that these three things would be things that would probably haunt you or hold on to you. Like, cause when he left too, he hasn't spoken to anyone in, um, three or five years or something like that. It's been a while. Um, and so I think that that would really stick with you. All right. Now you arrive at the overlook and you find the USB, but Declan shows up and he tries to get you to leave and just give up the USB and just say, hey, you don't have to get hurt. Let me just destroy this. We're all good. Um, so uh, you have that. Um, you kind of have your next sequence is you have sort of the mind palace meets a boss fight here where uh, you go through where you go through kind of a variety of sequences of, you know, do I punch the sheriff? Do I try to hide? Do I try to confuse him? What's my goal? And in the boss fight, that will sort of dictate where your ending goes. Um, for me, I was successful in this boss fight sequence. So you do have Anna get injured, but ultimately um, Sheriff Declan gets shot and he falls off of the overlook. Um, and so he's dead. The evidence goes down with him, but both you and Anna are alive, and so you can corroborate each other's stories as to what's gone on. Um, from here, you head to the epilogue. Um, you go to see Anna at her house um, after she's been released from the hospital. She's hurt. You also have kind of your key people from the town uh, that are there, so like your old boss, her dad, um, and have these moments. And then... Um, your ending, uh, the pharmacist comes by, and in this, you figured out, kind of in your investigation, that Declan wasn't, like, the, um, mastermind behind this drug ring. Instead, it's this pharmacist, um, that Declan was kind of the muscle, uh, and would do distribution-related things, but he wasn't the money, he wasn't the mastermind. And so Sam kind of ultimately confronts the pharmacist and is like, pharmacist at the end and it's like I'm gonna go after you um the truth is what matters no matter what kind of thing um that you're gonna be behind bars and it sort of leaves with that so as your sort of final decision what you can do is like I'm gonna go after the pharmacist even if it hurts the town more and hurts it financially um because we need to rid this of it or you can kind of uh bow to it and be like you're a bad thing, but the town is better off because you're here almost kind of thing. Um, so I went with uh, Sam's After Truth. I felt like that's what he's been like. And even after all this experience, that that's what he'd still be like. So, okay. That is the game itself. Uh, finally, moving on to some kind of final thoughts along the way. Um... I thought the pier location was really interesting. I like this. I thought it was pretty similar to the commune in Life is Strange 2. I thought that was cool. I think that was my favorite setting in this game. 
Um, going around Basswood and all of that stuff, it was like fine. Um, kind of neither here nor there. Um, but I thought that, uh, yeah, the pier location, that was interesting. I like that idea of what, what, um, community did these people on hard times make? I thought that was cool. Um, kind of questions I have about the game upon playing is like, uh, did the choices matter? How often did they feel like they did? Um, I don't know. I felt pretty torn on this. Um, as, as you saw going through here, I didn't even list any of the choices in my recap, really, um, and presents and all of that. Uh, nothing stood out that much. Um, and I think that that's a real bad thing in a game like this when it feels that way. Um, I know that, truthfully, if you look at any choice-based game, Telltale game, Life is Strange, whatever, there are a lot of choices that really have to do with how you feel about the game, how you interact with it, how you might feel about a character, you know, kind of minor stuff like that. Um, and ultimately, there's maybe a result or two that will happen. But ideally, you're supposed to feel like those matter. I really care about my relationship between this and that character, so I want to answer in a way that they still like me, or um, I want an outcome for the most possible people or the people I care about or, you know, whatever, that kind of thing. And uh, this game didn't have a lot of that, to be honest, kind of the whole way as I was playing is I was like, I, I don't, I don't have anyone I really like here that much. And so whatever happens to any of them, I won't be that bummed. Um, so I don't know. I think that that, I think that's where that miss came in for sure for me. On these, it was, it's a choice-based game, but it didn't it didn't feel like the choices mattered, and the consequences didn't feel like they mattered that much either. Um, next, I wanted to do a couple like comparative points to Life is Strange. Again, I think that unfortunately for Don't Nod, <laughs> if you're making a choice-based game, that's who it's getting compared to probably. So um, one difference was adult versus teenager. I thought that that was interesting. Um, I don't think that being an adult is a bad idea. Um, I don't know if they should have chosen a different adult uh, as kind of talking. You know, like Sam didn't resonate with me and they like, I like Sam, he's so cool. Um, but the teenagers that they've made or even college age uh, people have resonated better. So uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure what's with that. I would like to see an adult that does resonate. Um, so I hope that if they make more games like this, they could try adult again. Um, this one, uh, this game didn't have powers. So they had the Mind Palace uh, kind of sequence as a substitute for powers. So there's no supernatural stuff in Twin Mirror. Um, instead, um, they just use this mechanic as if it's supernatural, but really it's just your mind, basically. Um, versus, of course, Life is Strange games, those have powers and all of that. So uh, I would say this hurt more for not having a power. I thought that the Mind Palace mechanic was kind of meh. Um, like, I m it made sense for solving puzzles, but like playing it eh, didn't do a lot. And I think something supernatural probably would have been more fun. Um, kind of last big thing in this for comparative sake is music plays a huge part in Life is Strange. You know, so much of those games are the vibes that kind of go with these and introducing you to cool songs and all of that. 
music was not notable here at all. I don't re- remember music basically at all in this game. I, I know there was music, but nothing stood out. I couldn't, if you played something from the soundtrack for me, I wouldn't have thought I'd ever heard it before. Um, it just was not notable at all here. Um, again, I know that's sort of a Life is Strange thing, not necessarily interactive story sort of deal. Um, but again, for the comparison's sake, which again, I feel like all of this, I've talked through this game and kind of overall what I think, but it does lead me back to that those questions I had at the beginning. Was Life is Strange a fluke for Don't Nod? And who does Don't Nod want to be? Um, to be honest, you know, not, not to be honest. Um, with Life is Strange not being with Don't Nod anymore, I think that's fine. I imagine Don't Nod wanted that even. Um, I wonder if they should just abandon interactive stories altogether. Uh, you know, tell me why I wasn't, I haven't played it. Uh, it wasn't a Life is Strange game, but it does seem like it's more of a, a cousin to it, more similar than different. This one seems like it's trying to be a cousin, but further away. It's still doing the interactive stuff, but as I mentioned, there are a lot of things that are not as similar. Whereas I think that, from my understanding, Tell Me Why was more similar. Uh, still teen, teen or college age, younger people, uh, that there were powers involved, some music being a bigger part, you know, all of that. So, um... If Tell Me Why was like one step away from what Life is Strange was, Twin Mirror is like another step or two away from it. Still an interactive story, but otherwise fairly different. Um, And again, going back to Vampire being kind of the better one of uh, Life is Strange games I've played, or not Life is Strange, Don't Nod games uh, that I've played um, from them as of recent. I know people like Remember Me, um... I didn't put that on there. I think Capcom was the publisher for that. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I wonder if Don't Nod should abandon. Yeah. Should they abandon interactive stories? What do they want to be? Do they want to become more of a publisher? Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure what their future is. Um, I want it to work out for them. I, uh, I feel like with this game, I guess also... Um, uh, I remember after Life is Strange playing the first one, my attitude was, if Don't Nod makes it, I'm going to buy it. And so the next thing that came out was Vampire. I liked it. The next one that came out was Life is Strange 2. Like the game, but some of the things that went about it, um, Life is Strange kind of in that period went from me from an auto-buy up day one, you know, all that stuff, to um, I'll get it at some point. And so Twin Mirror... I hadn't picked up, and really I saw the reviews were kind of meh, and so that kind of had me delayed for a while, until finally I was like, I do want to get back to Don't Nod, they were a developer I once loved, um, I want to see what they're up to, and after playing this, uh, (laughs) unfortunately this has kind of gone down a bit more for me, I'm like, uh, I, I think that my, I don't think, I think it's gonna be what is said about the games, you know, like, I am in, interested in that Banishers game, but a lot of that has to do with, okay, it's Focus Home, Vampire, Focus Home publishing it, um, who published Vampire, I assume it's the same people who made Vampire from Don't Nod are gonna make that, so, like, 
that looks more favorable. But um, the other game, the Harmony game, uh, developed by Don't Nod, published by Don't Nod, I'm going to want to see a bit more now. I feel like after Twin Mirror, um, I feel less sure that I'm like, oh, they've got it. Uh, they're going to make a game I definitely want. So I don't know. Um, I guess I want to say with all of that, um, I feel like this is more negative than I like to be or want to be. Um, so sorry. <laughs> I don't think that's great. Um, however, if you have thoughts um, about Don't Nod or things that might be helpful for expanding my view, I would actually really like to hear that. Um, because I, I think from this, I think my attitude's just been more like bummed about this. Like, I'm not like, yay, they're bad. Like, I don't want that. I want Don't Nod to make good games. Um, you know, Life is Strange is one of my favorite games ever. And, and, and I, and also I do know that that's a tall task to go up against, you know, of, um, shit. If it's one of your favorite games ever, then to be as good as that, well, then you need to make something that's like that good. Um, and I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm just not sure. Um, but yeah, I would love to hear that. Um, yeah, that's my episode though on this. Uh, if you've got other thoughts or want to keep talking, I'm on Twitter at StoryEverPod. Uh, website's thegreateststoryeverplayed.com. There we've got uh, a bunch of past episodes. Also, you can find them on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts. Um, and of those Don't Nod games, all of Life is Strange, Life is Strange 2, Vampire, all of those we've done episodes on. Um, if that's something you'd want to check out, uh, yeah, go do that. Um, if you'd like to support the podcast financially, um, we'd super appreciate that. You could do that at patreon.com slash the greatest story ever played. There, for as little as a dollar per month, that will get you monthly access to uh, a bonus episode, an access, a monthly bonus episode that we do. Um, so, most recently, I've uh, talked about the HBO show The Last of Us. Um, I did an episode where I compared Uncharted to Tomb Raider. Um, over the summer, I'd rewatched all of the Star Wars movies and ranked them. Um, if any of that stuff sounds like something you'd like, go check that out. If you'd like to support the podcast but can't financially, that's totally fine. Um, one thing you could do that would be a big help is just rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or uh, even just telling a friend about the show. I think anything where um, we can share uh, our enjoyment of games together, uh, that's the best. Honestly, that's the thing that makes this podcast enjoyable. It's getting to share in things with you all. Um, so, yeah, would appreciate that a lot. And, um, yeah, that's the episode, and uh, have a good one. Bye.